So welcome back. We are going to continue. This is our study on formation. And uh, we are going to continue to think about spiritual law given in a text given to us by Saint Mark. So we are going to continue with number 17. To brood on evil makes the heart brazen, but to destroy evil through self-restraint and hope breaks the heart. Yeah. This is very simple, but very important uh, uh, advice or wisdom. And uh, it comes from practical experience of a person who is able to think and discern what is going on in uh, his heart, in his soul or her soul. And we have to <coughs> realize that when we open ourselves for sin, for something what is evil, even on the level of our thoughts, it has impact on our heart. And uh, we cannot like, divide that, that um, you know, that there is this saying, Christ says that whoever looks at uh, a woman with lust, he already commits adultery. And uh, Holy Fathers, they point to that, that they see that as a city, uh, really even this activity of mind, they see that as a, a real uh, problem, a real sin. Many times we are in temptation that we dismiss those things we are happening in our mind because it, it doesn't lead to, to uh, some kind of deed which is bad or sin. So we take it like, oh, there are bad thoughts, and but, but <coughs> when we read this patristic literature, we can find that this fight on the level of thoughts is very important, and, the and, and we have to pay attention to this. Because what is happening in our mind causes or creates state of our soul. And uh, our, if our thoughts will be connected with pleasures, if our thoughts will be, um, will have that kind of character which is going, which is going against gospel's commandments, so those thoughts will slowly put our conscience to sleep. And then what is not natural, what is sinful, will become something that is natural and um, normal. And it is, it is really uh, something that can change us. I remember in my second parish there was one uh, parishioner and he shared his experience with me. He got uh, promotion, so he was told that, okay, you will be boss, you know, it doesn't matter where it, where it, it is. And he told me that when, when he learned that 
next month he's going to be like both of these men he was working with. So he started to think how I'm going to act to gain authority, um, you know, which will be very difficult. So he started to thought what, how he would start to, to act from the beginning. And he made like strategy, how to change, I would say. And the intention was like good, you know, because he wanted to have this authority and to do, 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 do his job correctly. But thinking about that, uh, something happened. He, he really changed some kind of attitude. So when he became boss, he started to apply those his thoughts, ideas to practice. And it didn't last like a long time when this his friends he was working with, they told, they told him, from the time you became boss, you became like nasty person and he an arrogant and he dismissed that he said well there are, there are just this envy are jealous but he said that after another month he told me that another month his wife she told him I have enough you know you changed so go back <laughs> And then he realized that, yes, he changed. He totally changed. And what, what caused this change? He was taken by this uh, passion of vainglory. And, and he wanted to use this vainglory. Uh, this vainglory forced, forced him, the thoughts, to really adjust his behavior. And this, in the similar way, if we let uh, our thoughts to be present in our mind, and they might be like, uh, they, we, we can say, well, these are thoughts, we cannot, it does afflict me. What I am doing, I am talking to others and nothing, so it is innocent. So we can, if we say this to us, to ourselves, we are in big danger because it will change state of our soul it will change way how we live our lives and this is why it is important like to really try to like break our heart break our in that meaning that to make judgment over our thoughts and to fight even on this level, because if we don't do this, they will take over. They will take over. And, and this fight against the thoughts should not be on this level that, well, one part is that if the provocation comes to our mind in the form of thought, so we recognize that, acknowledge that, and we start to fight against this. But it's not enough. Uh, it, it, this is like, but what we should do as a prevention is to keep and to try to have good thoughts in our mind. 
to try to uh, be, be concentrated on uh, attentiveness, prayer, all these ascetical tools, everything what brings like humble thinking to our to our heart. And this not only will become as uh, obstacle for this provocation, but when they come, we will be worn very fast. We will be able to recognize that immediately, immediately. But it, we need to do this practice. You know, this is like, uh, I don't know if I said this story here or during the Slovak study, but there was like uh, young men still, maybe boys still, mother sent him to uh, a master who was what what are they doing with diamonds? They oh uh, cut 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 diamonds. Cutter. Yeah. A Gemini, Gemini so so assist. he was supposed to learn this skill and to have this trait. Uh, so he came and excited that well now he's going to learn how to do this. And his master, he gave to his hand like a little rock. It was a raw diamond. And he said, you are going to hold this in your hand all day. And he was doing that. Next day, the same thing. Morning, diamond. He was holding, nothing doing. It was like several weeks or months. I, I, I don't remember that, but it was a long time. So when he always, when he come to the, that shop, so he automatically stretched his hand, received the rock, and he was holding the whole day, observing things, but holding. And one day he came, he opened his hand to receive the rock, and the master gave him this rock to the hand, he closed the hand, and he said, well, this is not diamond. You know, he recognized. And he said, that the master told him, now you are ready to start to learn how to cut diamond, because you can recognize in your hands diamond. And I like this story, because this story says something about our spiritual life, that these are vigilance, and this uh, using these ascetical tools, what it makes us attentive to heavenly things, and we immediately can recognize what is what what is foreign, what doesn't belong to this sphere. So then, if there is like a provocation, a thought, that thought comes, even that thought covered with some kind of piety or innocence we are able almost immediately to recognize that this is wrong, this, this is bad. Um, all right, so let's continue. 18. There is a breaking <coughs> of the heart which is gentle and it makes it deeply penitent. And there is a breaking which is violent and harmful, shattering it completely. He continues in this theme a little bit, and he 
this this text uh, or this law uh, tells us something about this ability of discernment. Uh, well, I would say that this law is more like for those who have this duty uh, for spiritual direction because uh, you have to recognize many times that uh, that what kind of breaking heart is necessary for healing because sometimes uh, there is a need for some kind of gentle approach which uh, respects this wound in the soul and uh, uh, gives those medicine which is necessary but sometimes there is a need for like very strict approach especially when the person is like locked in this sin or this passion locked in that way that uh, it's it's visible that there is no remorse no pain of heart nothing so there is a need. Uh, probably, if you saw like uh, the movie about Padre Pio, there is one scene: the man came for confession, and Padre Pio refused him uh, a little bit, like very strict way. So he spent like a whole night walking somewhere outside and. Really, I was angry, put on crying, and then morning he came back as a broken man. And Padre Pio, with smile, received him. It, this refusal was cruel at the moment, that, but it was needed for breaking of heart of the person who came not ready for confession, not ready for repentance not ready to change life. But, well, even it is good uh, for those who take care of souls and uh, they, they have this, like, responsibility for the souls. Um, even, if, even for us, for our own spiritual life, it is important because when we test our conscience and look to our heart, and we can uh, recognize with uh, that, okay, this is really, with our reason, intellect, that this is wrong. And, I, and we can ask ourselves, but if this is wrong, why I am not crying? Why it is not pushing me to really uh, beg God for forgiveness? Why am I ignorant to this? Even if I acknowledge that this is sin, everything, but I, I, I know that the state of my soul is like not sensitive to this. And if you find this moment that our state of soul, this is important for us to find this kind of ascetical tools which would lead to breaking on my heart. And what is what is important, uh, and, and we can find ma many tools because uh, 
there there is for a common problem uh, probably I don't know how it was before but now it is uh, I would say very common that uh, some kind of coldness of heart that uh, a person knows okay this is wrong and the person confesses that and asking for forgiveness but still with that the person from time to time uh, confesses that okay I'm I am doing that but my heart is like cold I don't feel remorse I feel pain there it's like like I'm doing what's right but there is like no Pain, real pain, real tears, nothing. And uh, if you remember, when we are talking about tears, when we are talking about you know, he says about that. He says that, well, if you don't have tears, this gift of tears, you have to start with self-accusation in front of God. And you have to start to practice that even if you are faking that. That it's not <coughs> like real, it doesn't come from the bottom of your heart. It is, it is, that is something that you would say, okay, I am just pretending now because I'm saying that I'm doing that, but nothing. There is no like emotional movement in my heart. Uh, but still, despite of that, I, I must start with this even like artificial self-accusation and Saint Theophan de Reclus he says as in similar way how Saint Ignatius that when we start to do this it will be like some kind of break that sooner or later these tears will come and, and our heart will be broken and, and this coldness will disappear. Even this process of self-accusation is uh, it's difficult. And, uh, but it, what it does, it is like, uh, those are like these drops of water which in the end they make hole even in the stone. And so we have to see this our self-accusation in front of God like those drops who come to, who are, which are dropping on our heart cold and like stone and they will be dropping until the heart is not broken yeah. yes kind of two observations one that you were just saying um, even if it just seems like I'm going to confession because that's what I was taught to do. It's in more of an intellectual exercise. It's out of duty. It's out of, I know this is the right thing to do. <coughs> there's no feeling about it. <coughs> as you say, eventually you keep doing that and it starts to sink in. In AA, they say, fake it till you make it. You know, you, even if you oh, don't, yeah. you know, just keep going and eventually it starts to come in. Uh, the second one is that this, the two kinds of breaking of the heart. 
one softens the heart so that when it breaks, it can be mended. But passions and self-righteousness and pride and all that stuff hardens the heart so much that when it breaks, it just shatters it, as it said. And it, you can't, it's harder, much harder to put it back together again. Yeah, the, this is a warning to, to those who lead the souls, you know, because um, you can be hard on yourself. You cannot put yourself to trash, in, like to pieces, because, uh, but, but, well, for those who should enter or to touch these human hearts, this, this is a very strict warning, because as you said, wrong approach can break hard in that way, which it's not correct. So it is, it is, I remember during one uh, retreat, a uh, priest who was giving us a retreat, he said that uh, as a priest, you should be merciful and, uh, and then uh, it's better for you to ask God for forgiveness that you were more very merciful, you know, it's it's easier than to be too tough, and I think there's some kind of wisdom there. At this, comments, nothing. Okay, so let's continue. <coughs> Vigils, prayer, and patient acceptance of what comes constitute a breaking that does not harm but benefits the heart provided we do not destroy the balance between them through excess. He who perseveres in them will be helped in other ways as well, but he who is slack and negligent will suffer intolerably on leaving this life. Well, he, actually, like those texts are like following the one theme and um, um, I would say there's another text which helps us to understand this breaking of heart. Uh, it means that what does it mean is it knowing the truth, knowing to know our spiritual state, to know and recognize our own weakness and, and sinfulness. And uh, when they are talking that about these these tools, ascetic like a vigil, prayer, and uh, handling these unpleasant situations, um, uh, which comes not like without justice, without our fault to us, all those things um, which come through this. Okay, if we are doing vigil, for example, and uh, everybody who tried that has this experience that first hour it is like horrible hour because you feel that your mind is running all direction, not to that way when you want to go in because of adoration. And, and many times we try to concentrate 
like very hard and it is really hard work and in the end we can like somehow give up I say I'm not able because it is it is really hard work which takes a lot of your energy and strength um, when I mentioned that priest who during the retreat he told us too that uh, that there is a sign how we know that we uh, that, the, that we spend or we serve the liturgy well relatively well if you are tired after liturgy if you feel that you are exhausted so this sign that you tried to be concentrated and well this was this is so real because sometimes uh, it, it is difficult Miran told me that well uh, before um, it, it was not really he couldn't like really understand after it he said well I was done you know like <laughs> came home and he said I need to rest a little bit but now he experiences the same thing you know he said well Sunday is like morning and then afternoon he's like I'm, I'm down it it's it's too much you spend so much energy and um, it works this way the same way it is in the during this uh, adoration we put forth this mental work takes your energy you are tired and still you feel that well you're not able to concentrate very well and um, and it is mom those are moments where shame comes to us because we realize how weak we are that even we are trying to do good work to serve God to pray we are not able to collect correctly our our thoughts sometimes it's good when we um, uh, use the prayer book and we read prayers or psalms so it helps but when we come to that really this adoration when we stand in front of God trying not to think just to be in his presence it's like everything comes to mind you know everything and uh, we are ashamed with each new thought and but still even this shame we experience this uh, or this experience of this weakness this this can help us with this breaking of heart when we come with humility in front of God and we confess that I'm not able to pray and and but it's important to to do to practice that even it is hard it's not easy it's important to practice that because if if we don't practice if we don't want to be perfect in that what can happen is that we will be stuck in some kind of way which say okay this is what i can do i do this and this is fine and we are not growing and if we are not growing it means that we are not removing passions for our whole life 
and and this is this is something what should not be sh what should be like be like this sign warning sign for us because we have to realize that we are taking to heaven only or to another life only two things we can take their our passions or our virtues and that one who doesn't care who doesn't work uh, on uprooting of these passions will suffer after when he dies there's a very nice explanation uh, it is my habit that when I am listening to sermons of other wiser priests so I, I am stealing from them you know this wisdom they offer and what I liked once this explanation one priest gave he said that when we die what so what he put this rhetorical question is that if we die what we experience and well there was for sure no answer so he continued that many times we think that we will be transformed to some kind of new reality that we will be changed but he said, but, but the reality is that he said that we will not notice that we died. We just, we will not just have body. That, that these first, first moments will be like surprise that we are, we don't feel any change, but the surprising things that we don't have body. And explain that now, he said. So we will take with us not but nothing like what is material, nothing, but we'll take everything what, cre what is in us. And he explained this way. He said, he said. So let's take an alcoholic who didn't fight with his passion, who was really slave of this passion. And what he feels then, he still feels this passion over there. He wants to have a drink, but he cannot have a drink because he doesn't have body. So he suffers because he is not able to satisfy his passion. And he said, this is horrible. And this is what I think St. Mark is saying, that those who are not, who neglect this work, they have to expect this suffering. It's different cases when we are fighting, when we are trying again, trying to stand up again, 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 even it seems there is no result, but that when, if we fight, so you, usually God fulfills what we were searching for, what was our desire. But as St. Mark says that for those who neglect that, they don't care. 
they let it be and even they enjoy their passions and they want them and stay, they don't confess them, they don't try to uh, fight with them, with them. So then there will be suffering. They will be suffering because they will be not able to satisfy these desires of these passions. And I like that, I think that this is something what we have to keep in mind. It's, it's total, this, this, this eternal life will be totally different, like, well, how many funerals I had here, no, not mine, but I was burying somebody else, I would, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but if you are there and you are like to pray before like uh, parastas, and you try to pray, but well, you, you cannot uh, like isolate yourself. So sometimes those, those words come to you and uh, you need to call it yourself. And all these like phrases, you know, oh, now it's better. Now he's playing golf with his friends. Now he's enjoying something or whatever, you know. It's like these <sighs> cliches. And it's not this way. It's it's not. This is not. It's like it's. You feel like sorry that if this is your understanding of spirit of eternal life, you will be very surprised there. And and. I think that we, we have this tendency because we, we live in the, this world, so our understanding is formed by these material things and objects. But, well, we should have this effort to really force, yourself, for, for force ourselves to, to think that there is like different dimension, uh, realm, and it will be totally different, and and really that we can there we can take there only those two things are riches of our passions. Okay, let's continue. A self-indulgent heart becomes a prison and chain for the soul when it leaves this life, whereas an assiduous heart is an open door. Yeah. So, just, it is just continuation, previous text. And um, again, he, he reminds us that death without mercy steals us everything. One thing what stays is state of our heart. And his heart, there are passions or virtues. And this is why when Christ comes and he says, reform your life, uh, because kingdom is at hand, it was his first commandment he is giving to us. And, and these words are like mission for our life. This is like something what we are supposed to do 
all our life. It's something what should, our life should be uh, described by these words. Uh, and the tombstone of each Christian should be, should be like written there. He was repenting all his life. And so it, it, it has to be like very visible uh, mark of our lives, this life of repentance, because it is Christ's commandment. And it is journey which leads us towards virtues, towards that state which makes us worthy of heaven, worthy of kingdom, and able to receive the kingdom. And uh, if, we, if we keep this in mind, so it will be very difficult to become slave of some kind of idols, things. Because very f we will recognize those temptations very fast. We can identify, okay, m now my heart today, I was thinking more about these things, and really this is like something that has nothing connection with, with this kingdom. It's something that pleases me here in this world, and I am putting too much attention to this. I, it's easy to recognize that, even if we um, go away a little bit from that path, we are able to return back relatively very fast. And, uh, but we are able to return fast back on the correct path only when we have this spirit of repentance in us present. And there are a lot of these, these, these uh, testimonies uh, uh, from uh, physicians, doctors, who say that, especially those who work on these uh, departments with older people, um, they saw a lot of death there, dying people. And, you know, when you, they, they all say one thing, that a person who, um, or they say the Christians, um, they who confess their sins are received come, uh, anointing and Eucharist they are somehow dying with peace and then others there is a lot of agony there ag agony there and uh, it's like it's they say this this um their testimonies are very similar. I don't know, maybe now when... I don't know how... I don't want to put that there is like statistic, something, but at least what I read would touch me, so I noticed that, that they are very similar in describing this, their observation, the experience. So life is short and tough. Let's use this. Uh, 
let's use this our life correctly. It was funny, I'm, you know, this, this like life is tough is so, so common. It's known when we had wedding in the end. I told them, well, life is tough, and I heard like people from Houston started to answer, let's, uh, we are praying for you. <laughs> I said, okay, we, this, this uh, not flyer, this banner was so, for so long the, uh, time on our church that everybody keeps in mind. <laughs> All right. The iron gate that leads into the city is a hard heart, but to one who suffers hardship and affliction, the gate will open of its own accord, as it did to Peter. Well, Mark, uh, this this iron gate, he points or he has in his mind this part from the Acts of Apostles when uh, Peter was in a prison because he was proclaiming Christ. And he was, uh, uh, he got freedom through this um, miracle caused by angel that angel led him out of prison. So they went through first guard, second guard. They came to Iron Gate and this argument was open for him, so he could he could go through this until he got to free to um, security. So he says that. So he compares uh, um, this this ability of humility of of our repentance. He, he says that this repentance opens this iron gate for us. I mean, iron gate which leads to, to heaven. But if um, this iron gate is, we can compare it, uh, he says that it is like this cruel heart, cold heart, heart which doesn't have humility heart which doesn't know repentance and does doesn't and refuses repentance and in this case this iron gate stays closed and you cannot escape from that prison prison which is um, which takes you away from uh, this freedom you should have And, and God is so good and he's got so wishes our salvation that he really allows in our lives even like tough situations, injustice and uh, difficult things. Even accusation can come, not justice, accusation or moments when we are humiliated by others. Um, but God allows that may we are able to 
somehow come to understanding that we need to change our heart to acquire humility, speed of repentance, because this opens this iron gate. And when this is open, we can walk to freedom. We can walk towards God, towards this unity with God, deeper and deeper unity with God. Okay, so let's have another. Mm -hmm. We are going very fast today. <coughs> you, have to, you have to adjust your counting, you know. Oh, we'll I want I wanted you to make this calculation. I have to do again again, so I will be changing the speed. There are many differing methods of prayer. No method is harmful. If it were, it would be not prayer, but the activity of Satan. This is very interesting text and very useful. Um, Prayer is the very important thing, and uh, Holy Fathers, they give prayer really huge space in their writings. They, w they really want to teach us how to acquire this ability of art of prayer. And uh, we can tell to St. Mark that, well, if Holy Fathers, they put so much emphasis on prayer that he says only little bit, two sentences about prayer now as an advice. So we might be disappointed. We might expect something more. But I think that it is good for us because what he says is something what uh, what we have to realize, and if we realize that it can help us in our prayer life. He says there are different ways of prayer. And uh, he says this because we are really unique, and our prayer life is unique too. There are not two people in the world who would pray in the same way. And uh, we, we tend to, like, more to imitate somebody or s and, and uh, in a prayer life. Well, it's not bad in the beginning, you know, but to learn how to pray. But sometimes we stay like slaves with this style. Uh, and... Um, and many times, this one thing, another thing is that many times we, we adjust, we, have, we acquire some kind of our prayer rule we keep, and it consists with certain prayers, and many times we are afraid to leave that. You know, and even we feel that uh, this prayer life doesn't, doesn't uh, uh, somehow work, it doesn't bring some kind of fruit and and it is like many times like wait for us and but we are have to keep that well in the beginning we have to create this discipline in prayer but 
when we have this discipline and um, prayer is not growing in us and it doesn't lead us to this intimacy with God and it is something that is quite difficult we have to uh, it's very important to talk to your spiritual father about that and uh, because we can be under under impression that um, it has to be our style our way how to pray and uh, many times we we put this we form this style um, through some kind of pressure which comes from other people uh, there is the, what is his name this uh, doctor Taylor Mar- Marshall. Uh-huh, Dr. Taylor Marshall. Yeah. And I saw several videos a few months ago and he was saying who doesn't pray who doesn't pray rosary with us he he's not uh, the person is not a team or he's something. Right. And I said well I understand this it is good challenge uh, calling to prayer and well nothing wrong with that but but if you think about what he was saying is that he was forcing people to some kind of prayer from prayer which might not be fitting for everybody you know it's it's something but there are people who love rosary and it's fine there are people who have difficulties with that and they really uh, struggle to pray rosary, they can, uh, but they, if they don't pray, they feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Everybody says this, you sh- so I must pray. So I'm, uh, and they, uh, they fight with that. And and in this case, you know, it's important to talk to spiritual fathers. That uh, I I was listening on lecture and. Uh, the priest there then mentioned that uh, one man came to him and he said that he has difficulties prayer and so the priest at first he encouraged him to well you should keep the discipline try something they adjusted a little bit the prayer will come up for, for tried for two weeks he came and said no it does, doesn't work so the priest really cancelled he said Discard all this your prayer rule. Now you will pray for two weeks. This he gave him to pray psalms. You know there is like self psalms. Well, it was not easy, but he said he was joking. It was not easy, but um, then uh, then uh, the prayer the man came and said it's perfect. It it fits to his like this structure of his how he's his built inside his soul that this uh, this uh, reading of Psalms uh, caused that he was uplifted and he was growing some kind in this intimacy with God and even if you read this spiritual life from Saint Delphine the recluse and this all these letters he wrote to as a spiritual direction to the young lady 
in some point he tells her that well she should try to replace her prayer with Jesus' prayer. And if it works for you, he said, well, keep that. So we can see the saints, um, they were not afraid to even to make like experiments, you know, in spiritual life, in, in this personal prayer, not liturgical prayer, but personal prayer, uh, in order to find this perfect prayer life for, um, for the person. And one thing is that we should, we should uh, keep this in mind and to find out what works for us. And what we are supposed to avoid is you must pray this. To say something like that to somebody, you must uh, pray this kind of prayer, is something what uh, for many people, it can bring them to some kind of, they can be stuck in, in their spiritual life. They would not grow and they would feel guilt if they try something else. So uh, let's avoid to give these this advices. This, 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 you have to pray. It's always, if somebody says and tells us that oh, I have problems with my prayer, prayer life, they say, well, try another prayer, but talk to your spiritual father about that. Tell him, and he together, ask him for blessing for for a new uh, rule you will have for a while. You know, and uh, I don't say now that to jump, that every two weeks to to jump to another prayer rule or something, <laughs> you know, and to make experiments. But if I feel that prayer should grow, if prayer not growing, something's wrong. You know, and I have to start to search what is wrong. If prayer is not changing me, so it can be something automatical, something what is habit, what doesn't bring, the leads me to, you know, well, all right, I will finish here. Elizabeth? Well, they don't. Uh, I think that uh, if I remember well, it was St. John Chrysostom who touched this topic. And he said, the time from that gift is gone. That he saw that that was, n he, uh, he explained like, well, it was necessary in the beginning now it is not necessary, so that gift is not present. You know, that, and uh, from the time you cannot, like, well, I don't say that I read everything, I read just a little bit. 
<coughs> but I can say that a little bit from different centuries up to present time, and uh, this is I, I didn't I didn't uh, read about nobody is talking about that. I think there was Saint John Chrysostom. He was uh, he was the last one probably who talked about the other that even don't mention this gift. You know, maybe now in present time they they say something about this gift as a reaction towards this present uh, present situation. But um, one thing is, you know, that. This is like some kind of a big problem in Slovakia, not big, big thing in Slovakia, that um, last 15 years, I would say, it's this charismatical movement started in different board forms, even in our Byzantine children. It's not, I would say, it's not a really big blessing. And uh, you have this praises these meetings and usually people receive this gift and uh, so many people they say well I got this gift is it the gift and I remember when it was in the beginning we were three four years in the parish there was like big meeting in the stadium oh well, not the real stadium Hall for basketball and lots, mm -hmm. and then uh, there was like this music playing there and singing, and the, that speaker started to feel. Now, if you feel the presence of Holy Spirit, raise your hands. Well, people started to like because in the front, uh, people are like these pews. They there is so. Others, they, they were people from our parish too, and they started to, because imitate. I didn't raise my hands. <laughs> I didn't feel that what he was talking about. So there is a, really a lot of things which is um, just pressure which was given uh, to people, and, and they imitate that because they don't want to look that I am out of that. One thing, and uh, another thing is that these gifts which God give, uh, gives because He gives, he, he is giver of gifts. And uh, but there is a signs of these gifts that those gifts are given for building of church. And uh, if this gift of tongues is given to personal and there there is no building of the church you know there I would say that that is most important sign is missing you know. I am not expert on this it's just what I you know. all right thank you okay.